Our Father, we pray that you will bless this portion of our worship and pray that we will be spiritually edified in the most holy faith. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. The text that was read a few moments ago, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, uh, has Jesus and the disciples in a boat on the Sea of Galilee and a ferocious storm comes. Jesus is spent, apparently very, uh, very uh, tired, is asleep. But the seasoned fishermen even uh, fear for their lives. And so they wake Jesus up and Jesus will speak three words. Peace, be still. And immediately there is total calm. And Jesus then turns to the disciples and he says, How or why are you so timid? And how is it that you have no faith? 
And they became much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I think that when Jesus used the word faith, he put his finger on the need for anyone to be able to successfully deal with the storms of life. 1 John 5 and verse 4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. There is a song, it's in page 560, that I've chosen to be the theme for our lesson this morning. Number 560 was written over a hundred years ago in 1918 and set to music that very day, our year. And I would like to read the three stanzas and then the chorus to set the stage and help us as today we study living by faith. I care not today what tomorrow may bring, if shadow or sunshine or rain. The Lord I know ruleth o'er everything, and all of my worry is vain. Though tempest may blow and the storm clouds arise, obscuring the brightness of life, I'm never alarmed at the overcast skies. The Master looks on at the strife. Our Lord will return to this earth some sweet day. Our troubles will then all be o'er. The Master so gently will lead us away beyond that blessed heavenly shore. Living by faith in Jesus above. Trusting, confiding in His great love. From all harm safe in His sheltering arm. I'm living by faith and feel no alarm. I do not believe that there would be anyone who would disagree with me. That we live in very unsettling, faith-challenging times. I think of another song, Troublesome Times Are Here, Filling Men's Heart With Fear. The last two to three years has put our lives upside down. And there are people who today are saying, in fact, they're using the phrase, two-word phrase, new normal. And they're saying, they're questioning, will we ever get back to the way it used to be? Yeah, businesses have closed. My, our own daughter and uh, her husband, Alan and Carrie, 14-year coffee business, COVID casualty. Trying times. And then there are others that have been hit with all kinds of losses, whether it's a loss of a loved one, or perhaps anticipation, a loss of health, anticipation of, of the loss of life it very itself. And I know that life is seldom really simple, but these are, these are definitely especially trying times. And it's caused a lot of people to despair of life, 
and even resigned themselves to just being miserable. But in the lesson this morning, I want to deal with that issue. And I want to help to lift us up above all that negativity to a life of assurance and confidence, living by faith, trusting, confiding in His great love. I have three major points in the lesson this morning. The first one is, mark it down, no matter what, God is always with us. The storms of life, that one who calmed storm Galilee, he can deal just as efficiently with your storms of life. I don't care what those storms might be. And the Bible gives us example after example of people who walked by faith and were delivered. In Genesis chapter 39, we find Joseph. He was taken from his family, we know the story, and sold into a foreign land, as far as I know, never to see his homeland again. His life was put, turned upside down, and he there would be there without his family, without any of those things, and yet repeatedly, if you will read the story, you'll find that God was with him. And because of that, he prospered. God was with him. And uh, you remember when uh, the scripture in Genesis 39 says that he was well built and handsome. That's what it says, one of the translations. And so Potiphar's wife got designs on him and propositioned him. And uh, when he turned her down, she then told lies on him. He wound up in prison. Things looked very bleak for him. And yet, you know the story as to how he would finally rise until he was second in command in all of Egypt. Now, that's Joseph. Then there was David. And his, his life was just uh, a roller coaster, up and down. And sometimes it was low, low. Then I think of Ziklag. When they came back to that home, they found that the Amalekites had absconded with all of their women and their children. And even his own men had, had, were dis discussing, let's just kill him. And 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, I have underlined in my Bible, says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. His God. God. And verse 8 says, he inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered him. We could go on with examples that you know, whether Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, uh, the Nebuchadnezzar uh, was astounded as he saw, said, I see a fourth man in that furnace. And they were delivered and there was uh, Daniel and he was delivered from the lion's den. We know those stories. And then going to the New Testament, uh, I think of a time in Acts chapter 12 when, uh, when uh, Herod had already killed James, the brother of John. Peter was in the inner prison chained to, to soldiers. And he, Herod intended to kill Peter too because that pleased the Jews. And yet he was delivered. And then there was Paul. He was in prison also. And, and there was, uh, there was 
talk of how they were going to kill him, and he was delivered. You go, but oh, yeah, but those were miraculous days. Let me tell you something, people. That same God is with us. Matthew 28, verse 20, uh, brother there, I heard him right over there, uh, tells us, I am with you always. And that word always, I looked it up just this morning, the footnote, uh, uh, all day, every day. He's with us every day. There's no days that he's not with us. And then cast all your care upon the Lord, for he cares for you, First John 5 and verse 7. And then Hebrews 13, verse 5. I will never leave you. Never, ever will I forsake you. God is still good, even when we don't understand. God is still faithful, even when it is, or it makes no sense. God is one who has a plan even when we can't see it. God still reigns even when everything else looks like chaos. God is still near even when we don't feel Him. God is still God. Omnipresent meaning present with us. Omniscient meaning all-knowing and how to deal with the situation. And omnipowerful, able to do anything. The future is just as bright as the promises of God. And Hebrews 6 verse 19 says those promises are sure and steadfast. And the verse just prior to that says God cannot lie. So yes, God has promised that He will be with us, especially in the storms of life. That's point number one. Point number two is, God has promised that He will not give us anything that His strength will not help us to bear. I think of Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now unto Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all, we ask or think according to His power who works in us. And then there's 1 Corinthians. Pardon me, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse, rather 10 verse 13, that says, There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear, but will with the temptation make also a way of escape that you may bear it. That is our God and His promise. He says that He will always be with us. The second stanza says, Uh, Though tempests may blow and the storm clouds arise, obscuring the brightness of life, I'm never alarmed at the overcast skies. The master looks on at the strife. I'm thinking now of a country western song sung by the late and great Marty Robbins. It was called, My Woman, My Woman, My Wife. In the song, the man's wife had died in childbirth, And Marty says, you gave me a mountain this time. Not that God ever on purpose takes away our loved ones, but Marty was saying, I can't make it without you. I need your help. 
That's where faith comes in. Living by faith when we cannot actually see where it's all going to end or how we can even get through it. Trusting, confiding in His great love. Perhaps you've heard the story of what prompted the writing of number 490, It Is Well With My Soul. But it bears repeating. Horatio Stafford lost everything he had in the great Chicago fire of 1873. He put his wife and four children on a ship headed for Europe to get them out of that mess. But there in the mid-Atlantic, there was a terrible shipwreck. This is history. And all four of his children were lost. And when his wife got to Europe, she cabled him back. We're in 1873. Two words, saved alone. He booked passage to go and be with her immediately. And one night, the captain came to him. And he said, as far as I can tell, this is where the Ville du Haver went down. And that night he couldn't sleep. And then faith kept, faith took over. And it was there in mid-Atlantic, out of his heartbreak, that Horatio Stafford wrote, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows, did you get that? When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Brethren, that is living by faith. We need to understand that there is value in the trials that come. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into various trials or temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. There's another passage, and I especially like the New American Standard, of Romans chapter 5. I'd like for you to turn there. Romans 5, reading verses 3 and 4. And there are two words in this reading from the New American Standard that is especially uh, helpful to me. And not only this, but we also exult in tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, here they are, proven character, and proven character, hope. Proven. It is a word used with metal as it has gone through the fire and the dross and, and all of the impurities have been uh, taken out. And it, it's the idea of something where uh, it has been purified, tempered strength, that's the idea. And then the word character, that is a word that's used for a seasoned veteran 
and is in opposition to a raw recruit. And so character, trials are character building. In fact, um, Henry Ward Beecher says, troubles are tools in the hands of God to fashion us. We know you can't get dross, impurities out of gold, with water. It takes fire. Uh, geologists tell us that the Acrera marble was once a black mass, but through heat and pressure, it would become liquid and then crystallize, and when it did that, it would become pure white. And I'm telling you that trials and afflictions and, and uh, storms of life, that those are character building. Of course, one man says, I think I've had all the character building I need. <laughs> and sometimes you get, it comes so fast, you, you get to thinking that way. You're going, oh, Lord, you know, what in the world are you doing with all of this? But now that I'm going to tell you a story that I hope you will never forget. True story. A woman who had been a, the wife of a missionary to Pakistan. She tells this story. She said, years ago, when we were doing mission work in Pakistan, our six-month-old baby died. And a sage came and said, tragedies such as this can be compared to being plunged into boiling water. If you're an egg, you will come out hard-boiled and unresponsive. But if you're a potato, you will come out, emerge soft and pliable, resilient and adaptable. And the woman then said, this may sound funny, time I have prayed, Lord, please make me a potato. Depends on our attitude toward the trials. Now that's my second major point. My last one is going to be a medley of scripture that I have used for myself as well as others in my counseling. I would urge if you don't do anything else today, to write at least the citations of these passages down, because I promise you, sooner or later you will find them helpful. Write them in the front or the back of your Bible on a, on a flyleaf, whatever. These passages are that important. My very first passage that I want to read are the last three verses of, Habak of uh, uh, Habakkuk, chapters 3 through 19. So Habakkuk 3, verses 17 through 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olives should fail, and the fields produce no fruit, uh, food, Though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls. Now these are desperate times. Yet I will rejoice, exult, rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation, the Lord God of my strength, and He has made my feet like 
deer's feet and makes me walk on high places. There are a number of psalms that are also quite helpful. Psalm 25 is one that I learned the King James translation as a song, and you probably did too. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Mark it down. Psalm 25, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 34 and verse 18, the Lord is near those who are brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of need. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth change and though the mountains be slipped into the heart of the sea. And then there's Psalm 84, 11. The Lord is a sunshine, is the Lord is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I will lift up mine eyes, from whence does my help come? My help comes from the God who made heaven and earth. Psalm 125, and verse 2. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, the Lord surrounds His people from this time and forever. And then there's Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not anxiously look about, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right. And then Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all comprehension shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 is... The probably the mountain peak, not only of Romans, but probably of all Scripture. I've seen that in print. I have several verses that I want to read from Romans 8. So I would say, if you're taking note, just put Romans 8, dot, dot, and now then 16 through 18 to begin with. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. And if children, heirs also, 
heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Now drop, drop down to verses 26 through 28. And in, many, and in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind and hearts, uh, 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 mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those according to his purpose. Now, 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Verse 37 through 39. But in all these things, we are overwhelm we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature or created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Ephesians 3. 16 talks about being strengthened by His Spirit in the inner man. In verse 20, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, we ask or think according to His power who works in us. 1 Corinthians 15 says in verse, uh, verse 57, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory, who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, beloved brethren, be steadfast. Unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. A last passage be faithful. That means live by faith. Be faithful until death, and I will give you a crown of righteousness. Hopefully these passages will help to sustain us when the storms of life come. It could be that you need help with your faith. And we would be glad to pray with you and for you. And of course, there are those who are maybe thinking about chucking the old life and uh, aligning themselves with the Lord and His church. And it's always uh, a good time to obey the gospel. If you are in need of this, to answer this invitation in any way, we encourage you to come while together we stand and sing. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength.